pledging their love to the ground. Lonely but free I'll be found, drifting along with a tumbling tumbleweed. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. It's a very special episode. It is our 100th episode. I am Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. And this is Reservations. Yeah, man. One, one hundred episodes. Yeah. Can you, can you believe that? Well, I mean, it's a hundred for you. Uh, for me, it's about like 95 or something like that. But, 90. Uh, I'm better sure I missed like five episodes. Six. Because you weren't in two in the first beginning. Because I had my buddy George and my buddy Felipe on. Well, then you had that one with Alex too. Oh yeah. So yeah. So that's three. It's three. Then I had Ashley on, and that's, so that's four. four. And then I missed the. Then, um, then we I had Alex back on for the Night of the Living Dead in yeah, season yeah. five because you got sick. Yeah. So I'm about ninety five. Yeah, but so still, about ninety five. But I mean, but I mean, the show has done a hundred episodes. So yeah, that's, that's a huge deal. So, um, so that's why we are celebrating with our beverages. We got we got our beverages here. We got our white Russians. Yes, our white right. Russians. Uh. Dude, why are we drinking right Russians? Well, hang on, hang on. I, I want to be just a little bit sappy. Like it's 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 hard to believe that it's it's a hundred episodes because, you know, when I when I first like kind of came up with this idea, I didn't think it w- I would actually make it this far. You didn't think so? No, I'd be like, I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to start a podcast. Do you think you would have ended up like your other one? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. How many episodes did you do? Two. Two. Yeah. I may bring it back, maybe. I don't know. It's a little yeah. too late now. It's not too late, but um, yeah, dude. Like I, well, and you know, and I tell people all the time when I have a podcast, I was like, yeah, you know, me and my buddy Jeremy, we have a podcast together, and they're like, oh yeah, what did, what do you talk about? And I need to get better at just saying it's about movies, but because I'm like, well, you know, when it started. Oh, you like give them a history lesson? I'm like, I, it, yeah. it was supposed to be because originally I. I, I like the trajectory we've taken it, mm-hmm. um, but when I think back, I'm like, you know, originally it was supposed to be, like, eventually we were going to get into, like, episodes about, like, life and, and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> and then and then it was just like, you know, let's just solely focus on movies, and honestly, that's way better. Yeah. I, I feel like it's much more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> then, like, yo, Jeremy, so when was the first time you had a breakup? Ugh. You know? Never. <laughs> oh, that's an easy one. Never. Oh, God. Uh, but <laughs> You'd have to talk to girls first to be yeah. able to break up. So, I, <laughs> so that's a, yeah, okay. I can answer that one. But, you know, but still, you no, know, I, I, I feel like that wouldn't. I mean, I feel like that's another reason why the other podcast didn't make it because I don't know. Also, you had a lot of you had a hard time. I, I had a hard time booking people for it, which is a similar uh, problem you had at the beginning of this show. That is true. Problem um, book. I was the one of the only few people that was available every week. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is I have a hard time, um, talking by myself. Yeah. Because I went back and listened to that first episode of the other podcast, and uh, I'm doing a lot of ums and like don't know where I should take the story next, which is weird. Because I can talk to people, but yeah. it's like I can't talk to myself. Yeah. Uh, and so this is better, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I agree. So, yes, Jeremy, we are celebrating. Uh, would you like to tell the people what 
what we're celebrating this hundred episode with. We are celebrating this episode, of course, with our beverages, our white mm-hmm. Russians, because that today's episode, as you all know, is the Big Lebowski. Yes, so. the Big Lebowski. Um, as everyone should probably know by this point, this is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um, I could watch this movie when I'm having a bad day, a great day, and it will always cheer me up. Um, you know, watching it again last night, I was still laughing at everything. Yeah. You know, and even pointing out like how none of this really would have happened if Walter would have just kept his mouth shut. Yeah. Which Walter has a hard time doing, as we as we know. Um, Which we'll get there. I'm also wearing a, a Big Lebowski uh, bowling shirt. Yes, uh, it I, is, um, I wanted to participate uh, in this, but uh, yeah. shockingly, in the city of Midland, it is impossible to find a Big Lebowski shirt. I should have brought you my Big Lebowski socks. I have socks. And That's all right. I, I, I'm I not got wearing this socks from, today, but... I got this from Earthbound. Uh, oh, I know I, that, sure. When Ashley and I went to... Um, Kerrville for our anniversary. Kerrville. And it was the most hippie thing I could think of. Yeah. And, I mean, it is very comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks um, And I want to say the dude wears one. I don't... Actually, I don't think he does. He doesn't. He does wear a sweatshirt, but he it's, does, yeah, he it's does a, a zip-dope, and, you know, I mean, it, yeah. it looks like it's, you know, 20 years old, and... Yeah. You know, like most of his clothes, they look just old yeah. and beat up. And originally... Uh, we were going to actually wear the sweater. The sweaters, wears, yeah. But uh, the actual company that made the one for the film, that bitch is $200. Yeah, dude. It's... Even though I would have worn it every day. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, no, I I agree. It was, it was too expensive than the ones that we did order from. They had to back out because of um, like COVID and yeah, the hurricane it, yeah. reason. So, I mean, it was whatever. But I found this one on Amazon you know, got it the two day shipping or whatever. So it's not like it was in the movie, but I like it. So it's well, I mean, and he, they do wear bowling shirts, and bowling's a big part of the movie. Yes, yeah. I know I'm you're being good. facetious. Yeah, um, you're obviously not a golfer. So. <laughs> you're obviously not a golfer. Um, so yeah, everyone, this this episode is going to be a little different. Uh, I mean, not too different. Yeah, we're still going to talk about. The I movie. like to think of it like this. So in in series finales of shows, uh-huh. the, the series finales I like. So to give you an example, House. Okay, um, I love the show House. House did not do a traditional, like they did do like a sappy ending sort of, but like a goodbye to all the characters. Kind but of like. they kept the integrity of what the show was, which uh-huh. is every week they have a case they have to solve. And this was no different. They still had someone in the hospital. They were trying to figure out what was wrong with them, right? And so I feel like, you know, yes, this is our 100th episode. Yes, it's a big deal, but we're still going to talk about a movie, right? It's not like we're just going to sit here and, you know, and suck our own dicks for <laughs> uh, for however long this episode is going to last um, for making it 100 episodes. It's not – here's another thing. I'm sort of <laughs> – I'm not good at – you know, saying I've done a good job or anything like that, Uh you know, because it's like, it's not hard to get to a hundred episodes if you just do it all the time. Right. I mean, we just do it. I mean, it's not like, you know, nothing has been stopping us. We don't, you know, uh, and nothing will stop us. Well, we can do this forever essentially, but get to 200 and then 300. Yeah. So, uh, but it is a big deal and it's a a big deal. We've gotten to a hundred, but yes. So of course we're still going to talk about the movie. Um, we may get a little bit more like personal, like 
what this movie means to us and uh future rain who will be editing this episode hopefully he comes up with a good flow because we're gonna have some testimonials some testimonials uh throughout the the episode yeah um friends family also who want to talk about the movie yeah um yeah so future rain don't fuck that up yeah don't hey hey future rain fuck you all right do it right um uh, <laughs> uh, I also want to say that this is a great movie to do a hundredth episode on because uh-huh. in terms of um, lasting power and cultural impact, uh-huh. not only does this thing have its own convention, but yeah. even its own religion. And, and so yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, so in terms of what a film can achieve in terms of fandom, mm-hmm. I think this one is pretty much peak. Yeah. This is like how it can change someone's life if a movie can. Mm-hmm. This movie has changed people's lives. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like in a major way. Yeah. So, so before we get started, I just want to give a brief shout out to my buddy Fern because he was the one who gave me this idea way back in like season four because mm. I really wanted to do it, but I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's the right time to do the Big Lebowski yet. And he was like, well, how many episodes are y'all at? And I think we were at 60 or 70 by that point. And he was like, save it for a 100th episode. And I was like, I can do that. Bet. So, Vern, thanks, buddy. Thank you, uh, Vern. Uh, and now let's commence. So, Jeremy, how would you like to start this thing? Would you like to start with the actual movie itself? Yeah, we'll probably have to, because okay. um, the reason why this movie has impacted the culture in such a way it has to start with the movie itself the movie has to be good for people Correct. to right take it and run with it right. and so yeah let's start with the movie because without the movie we don't have this cultural impact we don't we wouldn't be even doing this episode. right um so i mean it's a it's a coen brothers movie right and yes. there are a lot of coen brothers s things right with the dialogue especially mm-hmm. uh between uh walter the dude and uh, Donnie to a certain extent. Um, by the way, sidebar about Donnie. Okay. Uh huh. I remembered thinking that Walter was too hard on Donnie, right? Like really being mean, mean. to Donnie. And then I watched it today and I go, <laughs> Oh no, he's not. Donnie's not fucking paying attention. Like, and then wants to chime in on the conversation. It's like, how about you actually focus oh my God. and be a part of the conversation? And then you can ask questions. But he was born. Don't care. Um, hey, and he's also a surfer, okay? Yeah, that's true. And uh, it's also Steve Buscemi, one of his best roles. I, uh, that's not true. <laughs> and that is not true. <laughs> that's not but true. But <laughs> Steve Buscemi is still awesome. I love Steve Buscemi so much. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to give that little, you know, it's sort I, of like how, I was not expecting you to say that. I was expecting you to be like, yeah, I don't even think, because I want to talk about it, and we'll get there later on, but the whole theory that Donnie isn't actually there. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, you, do you not know this theory? No. Oh, we'll get... Oh, okay. okay. And I'll save it. We'll okay. get there. We'll get That's there. really interesting. I, I kind of like that. But, um, you know, it's sort of like my Shelley Duvall backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> where, well, I was, where I was like, poor Shelley Duvall. And then I was like, wait a minute. No. Yeah. Like... Shelley Duvall sucks. It's like the same thing, you know, that we learned last night with Caillou. You know? We think Caillou's this nice little kid, but no, his mom just raised a whiny little bitch. Yeah. So it's actually his, her, his mom's fault. Yeah. Fuck Caillou. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so we have a Coen Brothers movie, which, as we did with the Inside Lewin Davis episode, people should know that you're... You're, you're hit or miss with the Coen brothers. Very much so. I tend to gravitate more towards their uh, their dramas and their thrillers. However, um, examples of that not being true would be Fargo mm-hmm. and The Big Lebowski would be these two. Yeah, because Far- Raising Arizona. Because Fargo is technically considered a comedy. Yeah, and it's hilarious. So that's, uh, you know, that, and of course Steve Buscemi gets... Amazing, right? Destroyed by a wood chipper. <laughs> Spoilers for... Um, anyway. Um, yeah, man, so Fargo. this was the first Coen Brothers movie I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should also mention my mother showing the, showing this to me at an age I probably shouldn't have seen this movie at. That seems to be a theme of this show. Yeah. Mom, I love you, though. <laughs> um, and thank you for showing me this movie. Uh, but I remember... Not... Getting it, yeah, enjoying it, but yeah. not getting it. No, it wasn't until much later, and when I got to show this movie to someone with fresh eyes, uh, aka my wife, she had never seen it. She was like, "Wait, is this whole movie just because someone peed on his rug?" It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to get a little deeper, it's because someone went to the wrong house. <laughs> yeah, technically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because this is what's referred to, and I had to look it up just to make sure I was using the right terminology. This is what's referred to as a shaggy dog story, um, implying that our hero, the dude, um, is thrust into his own story mm-hmm. um, by uh, an unforeseen force. In this case, uh, a porn star, a porn company's goons. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, because had Wu and. Um, I can't for can't remember his name. He's the devil. He's the devil supernatural, and he was in uh, Mulholland Drive. That's right. Um, he was our bumbling assassin. That's right. Um, mistake him for another gentleman of the same name. Another so, Jeffrey Lebowski. Another Jeffrey Lebowski. Who so, also lives in the same. It also lives in Los Angeles. Who? Right. You know, that was. Uh, oh, and shout out to our um, Blazing Saddles episode. Yes. Uh, I can't think of that actor's name. I want to say this is one of his last few movies before Probably. he passed. Mm, probably. Um, but he's still hilarious. Yeah, he's great. Um, anyway, so Jeremy, would you like to take it from there? Yeah, so um, I do like this narration that we open with because it's Sam Elliott. And as we've discussed in our Tombstone episode, Sam Elliott is amazing. And yes. I am and such this a only, fan. And I looked this up last night. It was only four years after he did Tombstone. Four, oh, wow. Four or five. That. Yeah. So... Pretty, 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 pretty. love Sam Elliott. So yes. we get this, and it's sort of like a, uh, he's setting it up like a tall tale. Yes. Right? Um, which is kind of what uh, Shaggy Dog story is. Right. And, which I love, and I, I like that, even though we're in Los Angeles, we're getting this sort of old West feel with the tumbleweed and the, you know. <laughs> a tumbleweed in the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, in the middle of Los Angeles. And, which kind of infers you know his sort of place in this movie which he seems out of place right yeah uh he also doesn't seem real either yeah um is he real Ooh. right who knows no he's not real. he asks the bartender for sarsaparilla and the guy yeah. gives it to him he's yeah not, he's not real he's real he's there fine so um and so we set up this tall tale right and then our introduction of course is uh the dude at uh, Ralph's. At Ralph's getting uh, cream for his white Russians. Which is why we are drinking white Russians. That's right. Uh, 
Uh, his drink of choice, and yeah. it's really good. Yes. Uh, sidebar, Jeremy had never had one, and uh -oh. I made him one last night, and I think he has a new favorite drink. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty Um good. For me, this was my first alcoholic beverage when I turned 21. Yeah. Uh, because of the Big Lebowski. Because of the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, I didn't party a lot in high school. I didn't underage drink. I'm a responsible person. AKA loser. Uh, did you do the same thing? No. <laughs> That's because I wasn't invited. It wasn't because I didn't uh, want to. I. It's anyway. not because I didn't want to. Uh, but when I, the day I turned 21, I ordered a white Russian. And of course, they looked at me like I was weird. Luckily, someone at the bar knew what I was ordering. And... He also called it something else. A Caucasian. A Caucasian, which is, that's right. It's slightly different. I had to look it up uh, a long time ago. I can't remember, but a Caucasian is slightly different. Same basic elements. I think, like, instead of cream, it's something else. I don't, oh. I don't remember, but he calls it a Caucasian, too, and yeah. they know what he's talking about. Right, because so. it's the dude. It's the dude. Right. Which brings us to the first part, uh, his name. He, he, yeah, he, as Sam Elliott says, he doesn't go by his birth name. Jeffrey Lebowski. Jeffrey Lebowski. He, he's called the dude. And that's all you need to know. And that's, that's fine. And, and so the fact that I'm wearing this bowling shirt that has the, the last name Lebowski on it is sort of disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, because he would, even in the movie, he doesn't wear one that has his name on it. Yeah. And it, it's and, his art, I think, and, on it. And even in, uh, you know, when he introduces himself at the mortuary, he goes to correct, goes to like, you know, but the dude, uh, and the guy's like, huh? Yeah. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Because <laughs> he kind of realized, like, you know, at this point, it just, yeah. Calm. Who cares? But, um, but that's such a, such a great name to call your, your lead character. The dude. The, the dude. The dude. The dude. And I think the, what, what makes this movie last as long as it has and has accumulated such cultural impacts is of course Jeff Bridges. It's, Jeff Bridges. It's his my delivery, man. it's his character. I know the Coen brothers wrote this character, but without Jeff Bridges it doesn't exist. Right? Without no. Jeff Bridges it doesn't reach the height. I you know I wanna say he was their only option. I, mean, I meant to look that up. Would make sense to me. Um I mean that yeah, it makes sense to me too because the Coen brothers, much like some of the other directors we've talked about, they don't do anything on accident. It mm -hmm. all has a purpose to it. Mm -hmm. So I, I would I would say this Jeff was their only choice. And if they didn't get Jeff, they probably didn't know what they were gonna do. Right. And you know, with his his character is so so cool. Right. Yeah. I, the I dude mean, is awesome. So remember I, last week? Oh no, it was it should have been last week. My time frame is off. Um, last week, we'll be doing of, these out of order. A Fight Club, yes, it yeah. would, technically in this reality, it would have been last week. Okay, cool. Uh, we warned everyone: don't be like Tyler Durden. Hey, it's okay if you want to be like the dude. It's okay if you want to be like the dude. You know, the dude. I mean, pay your rent, but yeah, you gotta pay your rent. But you know, like just go with the flow, man. Yeah, that's sort of his whole thing. Is he's super laid back. He doesn't really let things rattle him that much. He's just he just wants to be going with the flow. Except for when they pee on his fucking rug. Except when they pee on his fucking rug. You know what I mean? Because it tied the whole room it together. Tied the whole room together. Uh, <laughs> um, so I also want to mention because I I read I heard something a while back that a lot of people are saying how this 
movie is also a lot about how you know, people's mindset during this time of 1998, during the Kuwait War, um, when George H. Bush, whoa, not George W. Bush, whoa. George H. Bush uh, was um, not going to put up with any shit from uh, the military forces in Kuwait. Technically, 98 would have, your, um, 98's when the movie came out. Oh, that well, would have uh, so it would have been 90. Like 90, 91. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Ninety ninety one, because um, in ninety eight it would have been Clinton. So. That's right. I don't uh, want to know how you know that. Uh, because in the in the beginning narration, he says that this movie oh, takes place in the early nineties. Right. Um. And then uh, it's okay. And I'm a huge fan of Clinton, so uh, no, <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> no, but I. I mean, that would explain why you're so excited for impeachment, dude. I want to see impeachment so bad. Okay, anyway. we're getting off topic. <laughs> so, so, but you're right because that does come into play, um, because with um, Saddam Hussein, yes, because um, he is in that uh, crazy the, dream, the sequence. drug dream sequence, yeah, and it does sort of matter, like when he is uh, writing his check for sixty nine cents. Ayo, ayo, um, it's the day that we. Uh, that uh, George H. Bush sent troops sent to, troops to uh, Kuwait. Kuwait, right? Which is funny because this is how it's also nine eleven. By the way, um, this is also how the dude uh, gets his big speech when he goes against the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. You know, this aggression will not stand. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but you're right. It is that this backdrop that seems sort of insignificant. It does end up making a difference because. Um, it has a lot to do with his ideologies, his attitudes, his sort of demeanor implanted into all of this stress and anxiety. Yeah. That is the time, mm-hmm. right? He just doesn't fit. Right. right. And he's still a relic of the, you know, the summer of love, mm-hmm. right? Sort yeah. of, um, you know, whatever, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why the big Lebowski hates him so much. I think because he's as much as the big Lebowski probably is just ashamed and doesn't want people to find out his own uh, shortcomings. Yeah, he just hates that this guy is able to even exist. Right? Yeah. yeah. As we as you know, uh, we learned the big Lebowski calls anyone who hasn't achieved anything bums. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, and I'd also like to point out, he writes a check for 69 cents because he doesn't have any cash to pay for his uh, half and half for yeah. his wife. Yeah. Uh, which has long since bothered me. How does the dude pay for things? I don't know. Because remember when he gets arrested by the Malibu police, the only identification he has is his Ralph's valued member card. Yeah. That's, that's all he's got. <laughs> yeah. Who knows how he pays for anything. Um, like how we got a bowling ball. How he even got that. I mean, pretty cool car until, you know, the Germans kill it. Yeah. But um, anyway, we're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right. So, so then he comes home. Yeah. And this is when I you kind of get a full scope of, you know, just how, you know, sort of laid back this guy is. He is, you know getting his head dunked in the toilet and he goes where's the money he goes 
I don't know. I think it's in there. Let me look one more time. Yes. Um, <laughs> that is so funny to me. Well, it's it's always I've always found always found it funny because he never gives him a chance to actually respond. Right. Where's the money, Lebowski? Dunk. Where's the money, Lebowski? Dunk. Yeah. And he. And then finally, when he gets an opportunity to respond, instead of being like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. He just hits him with some sass. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, I think it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. Let me look one more time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I idolize people like that so much because that's how I want to be. But of course, if I had been in that scenario, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't hurt me. You know? Yeah. Um, and of course, they pee on his rug. Yeah. Um, At least he's housebroken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because... Uh, we should mention, so these two guys are roughing up the dude. Yeah. Um, for some money that they keep saying his wife owes Jackie Treehorn. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite things, I didn't catch it until probably like the fifth or sixth time I've seen this movie. When he finally tells him, I apologize if anyone hears any screaming yeah, children outside. screaming children. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> when he's like, do you see a wedding ring on my finger? I mean, the fucking toilet seat's up. And he pulls the toilet seat down, and there's just a ring around the the actual toilet cover because he always keeps the toilet Cause seat. Because it's up at all times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never caught that until I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking funny. Yeah, dude. I mean, this movie, it's got some detail in there. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, that Coen Brothers detail, man. That Coen Brothers detail. Especially, like, when, uh, when they first grab him and the bowling ball hits one of the... Um, Goons. No, it hits the uh, um, door frame. Oh, and you can always see the the curve where the it they knocked it so hard it yeah it fucking broke. The first thing I you know my eyes go to is oh no his cream. <laughs> because, oh yeah, because this cream it's half and half the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's half and it just explodes. <laughs> You're like oh man, uh, dude that check is so gonna bounce Damn now. Damn it, you know. Yeah, he just wasted six nine cents on that, you know. I know, and then. Uh, and then they finally realize they got the wrong Jeff Lurie Lebowski. They have the wrong Jeff Lebowski. Woo. Isn't this guy supposed to be a millionaire? Which I love. It's just a, such a nonchalant question asked in the form of a very defeated guy. Like, woo. <laughs> Isn't this guy supposed to be a millionaire? Well, here's what's funny is they still saw the outside of the house and still went in. And still went in, yeah. You know? Yeah, and he lives in like a like a condo apartment area. Yeah. And nothing about that said millionaire. Millionaire, yeah. yeah. And then once we finally, I think that's part of the comedy is when we finally go uh, and he goes to see the big Jeff Lebowski, right? It's his massive mansion. And it, it's like, how would they have ever in a million years gotten them confused? Well, I always love when they finally realize, like, shit. I know they're like, fucking time waster. And I love that Lucifer goes, thanks a lot, asshole. Like, yeah, like it's, <laughs> like his, it's his fault. It's his fault that <laughs> they got the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that's how, and so that's, I would say it's a two-step process why this whole movie happens. That's Part one. Part one. And then part one comes next, when we meet the dude's friends. Yeah. Donnie, played by Steve Buscemi. Yep. And Walter Sobchak, one of my favorite John Goodman roles. Really? Yeah, it's one of my favorite. I mean, I, I love John Goodman dearly, and this is going to be controversial. Okay, controversial. Okay. Anytime he works with the Coen brothers, it's awesome, man. 
You think I, so? I love his Cyclo- I love his Cyclops character in No Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. Which for sure is a future episode. Okay. Because I love that movie. Did you ever see uh, Barton Fink? Uh, that's I think one of the few I haven't. Mm. I haven't seen that one or Serious Man. They're both really good. Um, but I this but this is you know because John Goodman. I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. This is obviously well after Roseanne. Uh, I don't know if it's after. It might be during. Yeah. I don't know how long Roseanne lasted. Because this is, you know, they probably shot it in 97, so... Uh, well, anyway, and then I want to say he at least did one Flintstones movie by this point. Because um, there's like fucking three of them. There's three? I want to say there's three. Oh, man. And I want to say Barney Rubble gets recast in every single one. Because they got... Got my boy Harold Ramis. Yeah, I think in the first one, and that I'm ninety percent sure he's not in the other ones. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, we're not talking about the points. Anyway, Viva Rock Face. <laughs> but the point I'm making is at this point, John Goodman has established himself primarily as a uh, uh, family friendly actor. Yeah. And uh, this role of Walter Sobchak, the ex Vietnam vet, which we will talk about. How he does not let that go. Nope. Um, is far from it. Yeah, I even in spoilers, even at Donnie's like this then they're gonna set out his ashes, he just can't let it go. <laughs> it's, it, it, you so and the dude finally calls him out on it. He goes, What does that have to do with Vietnam? What does anything have to do with Vietnam? <laughs> in the original script, uh-huh. Um, he was supposed to say, You weren't even in Vietnam. And Oh that actually I'm glad they cut it. You are you? I'm glad they cut it. Okay, it would have just made him an absolute lunatic. That well, because he is. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I'm glad they cut it because I feel like that would have made him too crazy. Too crazy. Yeah. Too crazy. Because he is crazy. He is batshit crazy. Yeah, he's. But I feel like that would have made him too crazy. Like pulling a gun out during a, a league game. Yeah, but my toe wasn't over the line. Uh. Anyway, and so. This happens to be one of my favorite conversations when we meet Donnie and Walter yes, for the first time. Yes, because it's it's very fast. It's very, you know, tennis match back and forth, right? With a, with a third interjection from Donnie every now and then. Yeah. Um, because I remember when I got my um, my uh, 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 Steelbook version, which Future Rain may put up a, a picture of it. Because oh. I, I like it. Okay. I mean, I, I kind of don't like Steelbooks anymore, but I, I really like this one. Um, I was watching the special features and John Goodman was talking about how like, you know, he gets asked constantly if there was a lot of improvisation on set. And he was like, you know, like occasionally he was like, but that's just how good the script was. That's how the script was written. How they cut each other off so fast. You've heard me talk about, uh, Aaron Sorkin before. It's sort of like that. It's, you know, the, the cutting each other off, the... Like the hiccups, the, you know, hiccups in like saying a sentence and then you stop and then you start again. All of that can be written down. And so, um, for instance, Aaron Sorkin writes that stuff down. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised if none of that was um, improv. Well, I think he said that whole conversation is not, especially my favorite part. It's like. I'm talking about unchecked aggression here, dude. Talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude. Across this line, you do not. Also, and he, 
And that's what I love the most about Walter. And then he Walter. talks about him saying Chinaman, right? Well, not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. <laughs> um, and I love dude's response about the railroad, dude. Like, like this isn't the guy who built the What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I Too good, man. It's, it's great. Um, and so we meet dude's friends. Um, Donnie is... I mean, okay. I will concede. Donnie, yeah, he, he wasn't paying attention. Yeah, he was bowling. He's not paying attention. But he was bowling. Uh, hitting them strikes, by the way. He, he was throwing rocks tonight, okay? Hitting them strikes until the night he dies. Which... The it, only time we see him not hit a strike. Well, and it's... It's, you know, it's anyway. foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Anyway, um, and I just love how we established very early on that Donnie is kind of... I don't want to say the weak one of the group. He's but he, a sort of aloof. He's sort of, you know, yeah. like in his own world. He's, you know, he's, he loves hanging out with his bros. Loves bowling. He loves bowling. And if you notice, he's the only one of the group who doesn't drink or smoke. Yeah. But it's because he's also a surf. He so. surfs, bro. Can't be doing that stuff and surf at the same time, bro. Nah, bro. He, um, got, he gots to uh, get up to hit them nectar ass waves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Them too, be the way you gotta get up early. You can't, you can't do that if you're drinking and smoking all the time. Unless you're doing it while you're surfing. Yeah, that's fine. I learned that in Johnny Tsunami. My God, Jesus Christ! Just kidding. No one drinks or smokes Johnny Tsunami. It's Disney. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Anyway, um, but yeah, we because we establish uh, you know Walter going, you know, then you're out of your element here, Donnie. You're like a child who wanders into a movie. Which is so funny that they would use that kind of metaphor. Yeah. I, I felt like that was a little meta. I mean, maybe not, but it's, it's just funny that they use a metaphor of someone walking into a three theater yeah. in the middle of a movie. Yeah. Um, and I just love that throughout the movie, the aggression towards Donnie from Walter just amps up. Every interaction yeah. goes from just yelling at him, telling him that you're out of your element, to... Shut the fuck up, Donnie. You know, and I gotta say, I get it. I, I understand because he's not paying attention. <laughs> and he wants, it's not that he's not paying attention, that's fine, but he's not paying attention and still wants to chime in. No, no, sir. You can't do that. Like, uh, like one of my favorite parts when he's chiming in is when we meet, uh, the Jesus, John Turturro, um, which we will not discuss the Jesus roles. Look, Didn't say it. So. Look, I love John Turturro. Yeah. And, I you know, What's and he so, wrote and directed it, apparently. But what's so funny about that is, I remembered him having a bigger role. <laughs> no, uh, no pun intended. But I remembered him having a you know he was in the movie longer, but he's in two scenes. Two scenes. And barely. And well, and John had so much fun with it. I'm sure. I, I think that's why he did the Jesus roles. Is yeah. Because you know the Coen brothers, I think have outright said they will not do a sequel yeah. to the Big Lebowski, and they shouldn't. Right. This is a movie that does not need a sequel. Nope. It ends perfectly. Yep. It's all good. Um, but I'm sure John was getting a little antsy and was like, you know, like, maybe we could bring the Jesus back. Not without the Coen brothers backing you. Not with, you know, and also, like... And apparently the movie was also considered a remake of something. Not just a spinoff, but like an actual remake of something. Weird. I know. My thing was, it's, you know... The character 
isn't a good person. No, he's he's a pederast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so uh, and so doing doing a whole movie of just him, I, I think is a mistake. And I, you know, no wonder no one saw it because if you know the movie, you know his character. Like gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How can you redeem that? You know. But anyway, so my one of my favorite parts is when um, you know the dude offers up his theory, which. I'm gonna we're gonna circle back to his theory of that bunny kidnapped herself. Right, and he's like, you know, it's like what Lennon said. Uh, you know, you look for the person that. Uh, and what am I trying to say here, Walter? And Donnie's behind them, going, "I am the walrus," and he keeps saying it, "I I am the walrus," and then finally Walter's like, "Shut the fuck up, Donnie V I Lennon," <laughs> the the communist uh, uh, revolutionary. Right, not John Vladimir Lennon. Lennon. Vladimir Lennon. Not John Lennon. <laughs> not John Lennon. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, okay. So, and then this is where we get step two as to why this movie happens. Walter finally tells the dude that he needs to go see Jeffrey Lebowski, the millionaire, the big Lebowski, to compensate him for his rug because... His wife goes out and owes money all over fucking town, and they come and pee and they pee on my rug. Yep, that's yeah. not okay. That's not okay. And um, R.P. to our boy, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman giving an amazing performance he, here as Brant, the underling who is so clearly uh, he's trying so hard to get to to always be in his boss's good graces, but he will never like ever be acknowledged. Like, hey, good work, Brant. Yeah, no, never. Now, he and Julian Moore have uh, worked together a couple of times. Uh, one in uh, one of our past episodes, Magnolia. Yes. And another in uh, Boogie Nights. So. And, and, and we haven't done the, these these movies, and we won't, mainly because I didn't see the final one. But also in uh, the uh, last... Oh, yeah, yeah. Two Hunger Games movies? Yeah. Hungry Games. Hungry Games. Hungry Games. His final movie... Um, uh, Catching Fire Part 2 Is that the final movie? Or is it the Mach G? I don't know I don't know I, don't I know, know it was the last one So it's Part Dose Part Twos Part Twos Yeah he filmed all his scenes And then He left us Damn He left us Jurassic Park Oh my god Anyway so, um, so we meet The Big Lebowski And um, He's Not A nice guy No he's sort of like Old Man Potter In, uh, in It's a Wonderful Life <laughs> Yeah, especially, well, and I love the juxtaposition of we're seeing all his awards and everything that he's done for Los, you know, Los Angeles and, you know, helping, you know, the little urban achievers. Yep. And you, so you think like, okay, this guy will get it, you know, and that's, again, great Coen Brothers setup. Yeah. So you think, okay, like the dude's going to explain to him like, hey, these guys were looking for me, looking for you. They peed on my rug. I just, you know, I just want you to fix that. Yeah. No. No. The Big Lebowski is an asshole. Yeah. Because, as you mentioned, uh, he doesn't understand why the dude is even existing. Right. Because, as he says, how, you know, he's disabled because he, I guess, lost the use of his legs in Korea. Korea. Uh, but he persevered anyway. And so he believes that if you work hard enough and earn your way, then... You're owed something. But that's not how the dude sees it. No. <clears throat> and I love that after their interaction, Seymour uh, Hoffman's like, hey, how'd it go? He goes, said yeah. I could take any rug in the house? He's like, okay, old man said I could take any rug in the house. <laughs> <clears throat> because 
And that's, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's the genius behind the dude, is he knows after, you know, the Big Lebowski lost his temper, he knew, like, okay, there's going to be no convincing this guy. And as he says it, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And because he knows Brant will believe anything he says. Right. And even, you know, people, I feel like I read somewhere where people think, like, the dude is not a smart man. He's very smart. He's just a lazy man. Yeah, he's, <clears throat> yeah he doesn't want to do a whole lot. He just doesn't, yeah. And as he says when we meet Jackie Treehorn, uh, the dude just wanted his rug. Yeah, he's he not is. greedy. No, he just wants his rug. Tied the room together. They tied the room And together. then this is when we meet Bunny. The one who really is the cause of all this, too. Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Uh, I want to say... <laughs> Tara Reid as herself. <laughs> In the big... Uh, uh, well, Tara Reid as herself before she got really bad. This is when she was... I want to say she'd done... She hadn't... No. Van Wilder was like 2001. So this is very early in her career. Um, she still looked good. Yep. Now she looks like she's had way too much plastic surgery. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and this is also when we meet uh, Uli, um, played by, I can't think of that actor's name. Yeah, he's in Fargo. He's in uh, John Wick. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in, yeah. He, oh God, he was the devil in uh, John Constantine, or Constantine. Yeah, he's been in he, here, Future Rain, put up a picture of him. Uh-huh. And his name. There we go. Um, you know, all sort of setting up... <clears throat> Maud's point later on of why would you kidnap someone you know? The point of a hoss is just so they can't identify you later on. Right. And so this is all kind of subtly, you know, the Coen brothers are setting this up from the get-go. Yeah. Like, hey, that guy, he's important. Yeah, he's passed out in the pool, but he's important. Yeah. Um, and, of course, with the toenail polish also, because she's painting her toes. Yep. Setting all of what's... Everything that's about to happen, setting it up in that moment. And, I, you know, in, of course, it all, you're right. They all set it up and the, they set up the pins and they knock them down to use a bowling reference. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it didn't seem very clunky to me, you know, like the, the toenail polish is very clunky because they use it to have her blatantly flirt with this guy. And then, you know, offer to SSD <laughs> for $500. Yeah, it's like $1,500. I don't remember. Uh, but Brent can't watch. Otherwise, and, he has to pay 100 Or, and I, of course, I love the response. I'm going to a cash machine. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to go to a cash machine. And Brent's like trying to get him out. It's too good. If, if you haven't figured it out already, this movie's fantastic. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I I wouldn't say it's one of my faves, you know, but it's great. Yeah. You know, it's a great movie. I uh Okay, so let's you know, fast forward a little bit yeah. to to what really begins to happen because then this movie turns into uh a a uh, I guess a crime kind of movie. Yeah. Is when he uh, she gets kidnapped. Kidnapped. <gasps> and you know the ransom note gets there and they want the dude to be the handoff guy yes and i again this is sort of a you know like why mm-hmm. you know why not have seymour hoffman do it or whatever but um i like that they were just like i don't know that idiot who was here yeah <laughs> earlier and who as, stole my rug <laughs> yeah and as we learn there's a reason for it 
but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, Bunny is kidnapped, and they want a million dollars for her. Yep. Which, in 1991, that's It's a lot. You could get a, uh, a half gallon of uh, half and half for six cents. So, <laughs> that's, you know, now it's like $2. <laughs> so, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, um, a million is a lot. And, you know, even though the dude isn't too jazzed about being carrier, he is jazzed about that they're going to let him keep the rug that he stole. Yep. And they're going to pay him, uh, what was it, $50,000? Maybe it was $5,000. Yeah, Because yeah. it was... Uh, five grand, yep. Yeah, it was five grand. Because Walter's like, how much do they pay you? He's like, five grand, man. Five grand. And I get to keep the rug. And Walter's like, just for doing the handoff? <laughs> but then this is when things start to kind of go off the rails when the dude offers his theory on Bunny. Having met her, having seen how she acts, he deduces she probably kidnapped herself. Yeah. And Walter's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, you know, we got this trophy wife, you know, she's not getting enough money, so she fakes a ransom to get the money. And Walter's not having that. Yeah. He didn't watch his buddies die face down in the muck. So this fucking strumpet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's no connection to me now. But Nothing there's a literal has... connection. Oh, my God. Not everything has everything to do with Vietnam. Um, <laughs> so funny. He brings up Vietnam all the time. Um, like at the diner. So, so, Walter is constantly messing things up for the dude. But Walter also kind of calls everything. Yeah, but still. But so, oh yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, he's, you know, he's messing everything up. You know, he brought the the dummy suitcase, which of course the suitcase was already a dummy suitcase, yeah, but they, they didn't know that. that. Yeah, and you know, and a fucking Uzi. <laughs> and then you know, of course, then it fucks up his car even more. Which know? is the first of many things that happens to dude's car. Uh, Walter car. accidentally shoots out the brake light and the tire. Yep. And then, of course, makes it crash and whatever. Yeah. Um, but then Walter also, um, uh, he screws up the, like, finding that kid, right? And then breaking that those car's windows. And then that guy shows up and then breaks the dude's car's windows. Yeah. You know, and all that shit. You know, Walter just, you know, he's my business. Walter. <sighs> I think Walter just misses the action. Yeah. Of Vietnam. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. He Why? just wants to go back so bad. And if the Coen brothers had left in that piece of dialogue. I mean, do you agree with me? It, it wouldn't. I don't know. I, it does change the movie, obviously. It, it does Significantly cha- change the movie. It but does change the movie, but it, it would have made him way more fucking crazy. Yeah, of course. And he he's, he's just the right amount of crazy in this movie. Do you think so? I think the craziest thing he does is... Picking up the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Because he's seen a lot of spinals before. He's seen a lot of spinals. This guy can walk. Right? <laughs> I've never been more certain of anything in my life. Uh, oh, shit. But yeah, so, so Walter fucks up the um, the handoff because they're supposed to just throw the bag out the car. But no, he wants to beat the information out of someone, even though he is truly convinced that uh, Bunny kidnapped herself. Yeah. Which begs the question, then why would you need to beat someone if you if you threw out the ringer and you are so convinced she kidnapped herself, why you know, why would you need to beat information out of anyone? Right. Um 
And then the dude's car gets stolen. But then this is when we meet Maud. Maud. Yeah. Um, Julianne Moore. Um, uh, who, Jeffrey Lebowski's daughter. Yes. Not the dude's daughter. The big Lebowski's daughter. The big Lebowski daughter. Um, I love Julianne Moore yeah. so much. Yeah, she's great. And in the special features of, of the version I have on Blu-ray, she said how how so much fun she had playing Maud. Yeah. And you can tell because... Like when we first meet Maud, she's painting yep. in a very strange way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but saying how her art has been commended for being extremely vaginal, because even the word sometimes makes men uncomfortable. Vagina. And just <laughs> that cracks me up so much because yeah. she takes this kind of a, not a long pause, but a pause and then vagina, <laughs> and just. Fucking love. Yeah, she she has a weird accent too, which is sort of you know, mm-hmm. um, strange. Yeah, she's strange. And then um, we oh. even have David Thu- uh, uh, Lupin from Harry Potter. Yeah, and of course um, our uh, two Charlotte Kaufmans we've done. Yeah, uh, he was in Anomalisa, and I'm thinking of anything. Yes, um, David Thu Thuels Thuels He's also the the. Shame wizard in Big Mouth. Yep. <laughs> and they made him look like Lupin. <laughs> a little bit. I, which I fucking love. Yeah. Um, I think... I th- so... So she's... Well, what I meant by that is she's weird and she has weird friends always hanging around her. And oh, so yeah. It's, uh, and she, I think it's meant to imply that the dude is the most normal person in this movie. Right. As out of place as he is, he goes to this place and they're out of place. Yeah. So he... So in retrospect, he's the normal one. Yeah. Um, of course, another one of my favorite parts with Maud, sidebar everyone, is when she is explaining to him how there's no way Ulu could have kidnapped Bunny. And so she kind of calls that, too. Yeah. Uh, by playing a porno that Uli and Bunny did together. And I fucking love, like, they even film it like it is, like, an old school porno. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm here to fix the cable. <laughs> and I just love how she's like, and I'm sure you know what happens next. Oh, he fixes the cable. He fixes the cable. I f- <laughs> fucking love that. Because like, he's mixing his white Russian. Like, no, oh, he fixes the cable. <laughs> Again, uh, it's that sass. Yeah, the dude is uh, spewing out sass. Mm-hmm. Every chance he can get. Yeah. Um, but then Maud... So Maud wants the dude's help because she's convinced Bunny did not kidnap herself. This is not the act of, you know, someone trying to kidnap... And extort money from my father. This is, this is something else. So I want you to recover the money. And I'll give you a finder's fee. And the dude's just kind of like, yeah, everyone's giving him finder's fees. Yeah, but <laughs> pretty good finder's fees. Though. They're mm-hmm. not bad finder's fees because even the um, the porn guy, what was his name? Jackie Treehorn. Yeah, Jackie Treehorn also gives him a finder. Uh, yeah, he gives him like says a, he's gonna give him a says fee. he's going to give him a ten percent finder's fee. Um, and so the dude, so now the case, as the dude constantly refers as it to, is now, he's now starting to be like, okay, maybe, maybe she didn't kidnap herself. Yeah. Until we get the toe. Yeah. Um, and Walter calls on that too. Like, oh, look, I can get you toe. I can I, get you toe by seven o'clock. Yeah. Well, what about the, with nail polish? What about the nail polish? <laughs> like, it's so hard to clip someone's toe off and apply nail polish. Yeah. Like, Walter... 
it's funny. Like, the, as I mentioned, the dude is a smart man, but Walter and Maude kind of call the whole thing. Yeah. And the dude... And this is why I think the movie's so good. Is the dude is the audience. The dude is trying to piece together all this information yeah. that he keeps receiving from Maude, from Walter, from the Big Lebowski. Yeah, and I guess the dude is just like, you know... Because he has a hard time himself thinking, well, I would never do that. Right? Mm-hmm. He has a hard time thinking someone else would, I think. Right. And so he's like, I don't know, man. Like, look at this toe. Like, what about the fucking toe? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that makes sense. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember where we were. <laughs> where the um, well then, then the movie kind of uh, well then the the uh, the kidnappers come and threaten the dude. Uh, Flea is one of them. Flea is one of them. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Pepper fans out there. Uh, by dropping this poor ferret into the dude's nice bubble bath. Dude's just trying to relax. He was listening to whale sounds. Yeah. He had candles lit. Yep. He, was, he was smoking his J. Dude's just trying to relax. He was man. just trying to relax. And and I love that the dude mistakes the ferret for a marmot i actually had to look that up one time i was watching i was like what is a marmot yeah marmots look nothing like a ferret (laughs) but marmots are as uh as walter says later on like amphibious kind of creatures Mm -hmm. but uh ferrets are not no this poor ferret i know um i i love the dude's reactions to things so let me give you an example i'll give you two so one is the ferret in the bathtub Uh uh-huh and then one is him dropping the J in his lap because he forgets his his drive when he when they find his car yeah his driver's side window can't roll down anymore right and he flicks it and it bounces back and then you know he goes <laughs> <laughs> and it's super high pit that's how I am and so I I felt personally attacked uh, that they were making fun of me no. but um, in '98 dude you're probably only five yeah I know but they found out somehow <laughs> and uh, but no I I do get some flags sometimes because I go. <laughs> And and I love that that's his reactions. That's his sort of default sort of panic yeah. sounds. Love his panic sounds. We have similar panic sounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the movie uh, kind of slows down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I would say it plateaus. Um, mainly right when the dude meets Sam Elliott. Yeah. That's what, uh, but not, I wouldn't say plateaus in a bad way. It just kind of slows because the dude is, the dude is stressed. He's convinced that these germs are going to cut his penis off. Um, he doesn't know what to do about the million dollars that he lost for the Big Lebowski. And he's understandably stressed. Yeah. And then this is when we meet the stranger. As he's credited in the movie. He has no name. He's just the stranger. Almost like Sam Elliott rolled right out off of the tombstone set five year, four or five years before and just walked onto the set. That's just how he dresses all the time. I bet I you he just like rolled up and be like... Y'all shooting a movie? And it was like, sh- oh, shit. Like, oh, shit. Sam Elliott's here. Oh, shit. Have a seat. Uh, still with that killer mustache. Yep. He's always got a killer mustache. Always. And just like an... <laughs> almost like a cow- uh, cartoon cowboy orders a sarsaparilla. Yep. Which is root beer. Um, and he... He kind of just shares some thoughts with the dude. Uh... And also wishing that the dude wouldn't curse so much. And immediately calls him dude. Yeah. Doesn't, uh... Doesn't say Doesn't ask his name. Just says, hey, dude. 
How are you holding up there, dude? Yeah, I mean, just like, you know, which makes him seem otherworldly, right? Yes. You know. Almost like a... A guardian angel type thing. Yeah. Almost like the... the he uh, Like an ageless god kind of thing. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then this is when... I would say this is when the movie starts to pick back up again because the dude... Uh, they think they found the million dollars. Mm-hmm. When we get our in the mo- one of the most famous scenes in the movie of uh, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have never seen this movie on television, but I wonder how they do that. Uh, how they work around? I think they just censor it. That sucks, man. That kind of kills the whole rhythm of the the whole scene. But I guess the, you know whatever. This is what happens, Larry. <laughs> this is, and yeah, I, I want Larry. Larry doesn't even say anything. I know he just stands there, like staring out the window, watching Walter destroy this Camaro. someone else's car. <laughs> yeah, destroy this Camaro. Uh, no, not Camaro, Corvette. Yeah. And what I think is so funny is the windshields break on that Corvette so easily. Yeah. But when the guy runs out to destroy the dude's car. The windshield doesn't break as easily, which I thought was kind of funny. Well, I mean, you know, it's a better car. You know, obviously. <laughs> it's better It's better made. Um, but I love the dude. So the dude goes home frustrated because they didn't get any answers out of Larry. His car got destroyed again. And uh, I just love his homemade um, security system hammering a plank into his floor so he could put a, a uh, chair up against... The doorknob. And the door goes the other way. <laughs> yes. That was that was, uh, that was was the hardest time I laughed, I think, in the, in the movie. Was, yeah, because the door opens the wrong way. The door opens out rather than in. Uh, Holy shit. And he is, like, so adamant. Like, he's... Because he's on the phone with Walter, frustrated. Like, yes, the car made it home. You called me at home. And I, and I love their phone conversations, mm-hmm. too. Like, no, Walter, just leave me the fuck alone. Yes, I'll be at practice. Yeah. Slam. Yeah. Because um, they're bros. They're buddies. Yeah. And then this is when we meet Jackie Treehorn, who we've heard so much about by this point. Yeah. And uh, nothing is really resolved at Jackie's. No. You know, one of the best fake outs for the audience is the, the notepad. <laughs> Right, because you're like, oh, he's gonna. And you know what was, you know, really interesting about that scene is the dude having the forethought to do that, right? Because yeah. I think at this point he knows, like, okay, Jackie knows something, right? He, he, I think the dude's like, he, this guy, yeah, he's got the answer that I'm the the one little piece I'm missing, yeah. And because Jackie gets a call, yeah, and he writes something important down, and he removes it, and then in some like old kind of spy way yeah yeah it's some super old like film noir shit and the dude runs up and uses the pencil to see like okay and jackie just drew uh, a dude with a huge ween and i just love it he's like <laughs> but he takes it anyway yeah puts it in his wallet as the uh, chief of police in malibu sees it and is just like yeah um of course they drug him and then we get this awesome dream sequence yes which is also very famous also. Yeah, 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 Of the dude starring in one of Jackie Treehorn's uh, pornos. Yeah. A really fantastical, surrealist porno. <laughs> called Gutter Balls. Um, yeah. But then turns into a nightmare sequence of because uh, the dude is convinced the Germans are coming to cut off his penis. Yep. 
Um, and then he goes home, and the poor dude, his home is destroyed. Yeah. But then this is when we get our, the dude finally figures out what everything happens, because uh, Maud, having decided to choose the dude uh, to sire her children, yep. even though she does, doesn't want anything to do with him, or to be involved in the child's life, she still wanted him yeah. to... And I like that, uh, like, which I, I like that he's not your traditional, like, alpha male, you know, because when she shows up and drops the robe. My robe. Yeah, that's what he, you know, in a normal movie, like, oh, all right, oh. let's go. Well, but he goes, that's my robe, man. Because he also tripped on his own home security system. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, oh, that's my robe, man. Uh, And then we get, I will say, this is the most information we get about the dude in the entire movie of, he actually has been to college, um, was pretty smart, like helped with a lot of important things in the 70s, and then, but just decided, you know what, like, it's not for me, man. I just, he just wants to be free. Yeah. All the dude wants is his rug. Okay. Um, But then Maud gives him the actual piece of information he's been missing. That the Big Lebowski's broke. That she actually runs her dad's company. Because apparently he's, he's not... He's not good at it. He's not good at it. No. Um, because he's vain. And that's... He probably thinks the song is about him. Yeah. Yeah. Carly Simon. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, and then the dude finally, it all comes together. He's like your dad that's it and then of course we uh the sort of subplot of there's a private investigator actually looking for bunny yeah uh a brother seamus mm-hmm. uh, i can't remember that actor's name i i've seen him in a few other things he, so. he's another big character actor uh but i just love the dudes like just leave my lady friend alone man i'm helping her conceive <laughs> um your special lady friends i'm my special lady friends with my lady friend like i'm just helping her conceive man um but this is what has been happening the whole time is that the big lebowski he's fed up with bunny she's spending all his money and he's fed up with it yeah so when he got the ransom note he's like all right this is perfect i can get rid of her I just met this bumbling buffoon. I'll pin it all on him if this goes sideways. Yeah. Um, which he was hoping it would go sideways. Yeah. So when Walter threw out the ringer, he threw a ringer out for a ringer. Yeah. Um, because there was no money in the briefcase. There was no million dollars. Right. Because the actual million dollars that we had heard later on, uh, earlier in the movie, the big glass he just embezzled. Yeah. He kept that for himself. Um, and but told Maud like, oh no no, it's it's for the ransom. Nah, no, nah, family. She was actually in Pasadena visiting friends. Yeah. Uh, because then now the dude gets to ask, where's the fucking money, Lebowski? Yeah. Um, and then we think, okay, the movie's over. Um, that's it. Oh no, but guess what we forgot about. We forgot about the Germans. The Germans. Uh, who, they finally did it. They killed his car. They killed his fucking car. Uh, and another cool, cool, another <laughs> uh, interesting fake out is Donnie's death because, uh, you know, there's, there's like, oh, my God, he got shot because he's holding his chest. 
He goes, no, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Walter's like, no shots were fired, dude. He's having a heart attack. <laughs> and, you know, it's just so funny because it, it is funny because, like, out of all of that, you know, you kind of forget about Donnie a little bit. And then, you know... <laughs> You can just imagine him seeing all this commotion and just collapsing to the ground, having a heart attack. But R.I.P. to Donnie. R.I.P. Donnie. Yeah, and then this is when <laughs> they uh, Walter uh, verbally abuses this poor mortuarian. Yeah. Uh, who's just trying to do his job? Yeah, man. He's trying to do. It. That's their most uh, hot, most priced receptacle. Yeah, man. It's reasonably priced. Uh, so Ralph nearby. They use a Folgers can. Yeah, so which means they went to a Ralph's, bought a full can of coffee, dumped the coffee out, got all the grounds out, and then put so Donnie's silly. ashes into it. Now, let me... Now, let me... And then that's the Big Lebowski. Let me mention this. All right, first off, all of Donnie's ashes go on to the dude, by the way. Yes. Uh, which is... Because <laughs> classic dumping out ashes a bit. Because Walter doesn't realize that, you know, when wind is blowing this way, <laughs> dust and things are going to blow that way. Um, fun fact about the Folgers can is that it has a Maxwell House lid. Maxwell House is blue. so uh, I don't know what that matters, but it matters because it's blue and it's uh, not black, which is what a Folgers can would have been. Actually, the actual cans... The metal cans are clear. Oh, um, and I almost forgot to mention how the movie actually ends is the stranger giving us direct to camera narration yep, about which you love, which I love, um, about how that about all wraps her up. Yep. Uh, he hated to see Donnie go, but as he heard, there's a little Lebowski on the way, um, and implying that you know the dude is gonna keep just keep being the dude. Yeah, dude's gonna keep dudin'. Yeah. You know, he is his he, dudeness. He, He's the duder. He abides. He abides. Dude abides. And that's the Big Lebowski. That's the Big Lebowski. So uh, I went ahead and pulled up on my phone. The religion? Dudism. Yes. So as Jeremy mentioned in the intro, the this movie has spawned a real life religion called yeah. dudism. It's a philosophy. It's a lifestyle. Uh, and... Here's what's so interesting is that this character has inspired so many people and has made such an impact that it has created this religion. His outlook, his attitudes, his demeanor, his overall aura, his personality uh -huh. has is so unique, right, to, I get not so much to film but to film protagonists to the heroes mm -hmm. that it has created this sort of you know movement this religion yeah right and it's sort of based on uh, Taoism which is uh, a Chinese uh, spiritualist religion mm -hmm. um, it emphasizes uh, living in harmony yeah right um, I'm reading right now sorry um, Everyone uh, watching the YouTube video will see Jerry's. Yeah, just me reading. He's sorry. just reading. Um, <laughs> teaches about various disciplines and achieving perfection and coming one with the unplanned uh, rhythms of the all called the way. So it's sort of like just going with the flow. It's, it's, going, with the flow. it's going with the flow. And that's what the dude is, man. That's yeah. what he does. 
and so I think that's the most outrageous thing about this film is that it's created a religion. Um, <laughs> and uh, the the logo for the religion is a bowling ball. Uh, that's so that, fucking so, awesome. Sort of a yin and yang-ish bowling ball. That's awesome. Sort of a thing. I'll show you in a minute. And we can put it on the thing. Yeah, we'll put it up on the thing. Um, it, it's <laughs> because like the conventions is one thing. One movie having its... It's sort of like Star Trek, right? Like Star yeah. Trek conventions. One movie having its own convention is pretty substantial. It's a big yeah. deal. Because oh, yeah. one movie being able to accumulate the sort of fandom that would... Uh, even to have it be necessary to have its own standalone mm-hmm. convention is crazy. Oh, yeah. Right? Um because like TV shows, like they run for X amount of years or have so many episodes, and you know are on syndication. Like I kind of get the Star Trek thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, for one movie to have this one almost two hour long movie, yeah, about a dude just really trying to figure out what the hell is going on, yeah. Who really who who is going to compensate him for his rug? That's <laughs> Uh, yeah, spawning its own religion, spawning its own, uh, yeah, it's wild. It is wild, but I kind of get it. So I have a story, a, a story told to me, uh, so this is secondhand. Okay. Um. So if he fucks it up, he's sorry. So this will kind of get, give you an idea of just like sort of the, the impact that Jeff Bridges has. Okay. Okay, so I have this uh, this friend that I met in college. She was in my crime, no, um, nonfiction military film. Okay, class in college again, <laughs> not a big deal. I took film classes. In Your college. parents are proud. So proud. And um, her name is Rachel, and she lived in I think Carlsbad. Okay, and I said, oh, that sucks. You know because. <laughs> New Mexico sucks and everything about it sucks. And, you know, like, New Mexico, I mean, it just sucks, right? But there's, there's Roswell there, though, man. Yeah. Have you been? Yeah, so, I have. It's awful. So, um, it's just dirt and people with bad attitudes. That's all <laughs> That's all New Mexico is. So. Wow, we just lost a big chunk. We don't have any listeners to New Mexico. You, you know, know why? That? Because they don't appreciate us. So, anyway, um, they were filming The Men Who Stare at Goats. Um, oh, okay. I don't know if you've seen this movie. I, I have not, but yes, I have seen. It's Joel and Ethan Cohen, of course. I is it really? It. Yeah, I'm ninety percent. I did seen. not know that. Okay, and so, it also had uh, 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 Ewan McGregor and George Clooney in a movie together. I was like, I have to see this. Yeah, we're getting to that. So and Jeff Bridges. So uh, she um, is going to be an extra. Okay. And so she's just hanging out. Um, she said that I was like, Oh, who did you get to meet? Right. And she goes, Kevin Spacey was screaming at a PA. <laughs> and so he's not really in the talkative mood. Uh, it was because he got his coffee order wrong. Um, well, I mean, that's so, just important though. So anyway, Kevin Spacey's an asshole, but we knew that already. Uh, good actor though. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor wasn't there that day. Um, well, Clooney's George Clooney was in character, and so he was, he was really talking to people. Of course, he was. and then she heard someone behind her go, "Hey, first time on a film set," 
and she turns around and is just oh my god <laughs> and he goes man isn't this so much fun are they feeding you guys what are you guys eating like do you want me to get you he was so nice so sweet just wanting to talk to people wanting loving what he's doing right um he's just like man isn't making movies just so much fun you know and he's just talking to this person you know talking to rachel who's just who's just standing who's just like uh i know and so like (laughs) i was like can he be my grandpa because i love jeff bridges so much and you know this that sort of attitude sort of bleeds into why this movie works yeah you know because jeff is i mean jeff's the nicest dude ever man yeah he is um even when he's playing the villain you know shout out to iron man the the first time i'd ever really seen him play a villain yeah um but you know the dude also the character of the dude has also been very integral to his career like uh i don't know if you remember the movie you probably don't and i don't want to hear any judgment when i bring this movie up we'll see um the movie surfs up you hadn't seen it Mm-mm. i have not seen that movie it's an animated movie about surfing penguins oh i know uh, with Shia LaBeouf as the main character. All right. But Jeff Bridges plays, um, like, uh, this hermit that is revealed later on that he's actually, like, this world-famous surfer. Anyway, Jeff is just doing the dude. He's just doing the dude. He's just doing the dude. Uh, he, he's called, um, I can't remember what it is. I can't remember what his fake name is that he gives everyone, but his, his actual character, his name is Zeke, um... And he, like, he's just the dude. He just wants to wants to surf and vibe. Hey, man, shout out to Surf's Up, guys. Yeah. Like, shout out to Surf's Up. It's before Shia went crazy. It's when he was still getting nominated for Kids' Choice Awards. Holy shit. Um, but no, like, and so that's my point, is that he, the dude has become so integral to his career that, I don't know if you remember this, when John Goodman got his star on the Walk of Fame... They asked Jeff to come and do a speech, and of course Jeff is like, "Absolutely, yeah, of course." But he did it as the dude, and he even brought out the sweater and put it on, and he did it as the dude. Amazing. You um, would think that he would be tired of it. I'm glad that he isn't, because you know, I mean, it's such an an important part of his career that you know, yeah, and you can't ignore it. But that's cool that he sort of, you know, he. You could almost think that he was like, you know, it would be really fun, <laughs> you know, if I yeah. did it as the dude. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's because I want to say Joel and Ethan kind of just really let him decide what he wanted to do. Yeah. I, that would make more sense. I'm going to have to, I mean, I don't feel like doing more work. I should have done it, <laughs> especially for a movie that I love so much. Yeah. But it also, a part of me is also didn't want to look it up because in case it, because it does take away from the mystery. Like, oh, like, okay. Like, he made all those choices himself. Right. And, but if I just believe he did, then that's fine. In my okay. head canon, he made all those choices. Yeah. You know, but it, it would make sense. sense. to me. Yeah. It, it would make sense that Jeff would be like, you know, like, what if he, like, walked like this? And, and I love that he always has some sort of hair clip with him to yeah. put his fucking hair up. When he's bowling, yeah. Yeah. Um, which we never see him bowl. No. At all. Or John Goodman. Do we no, see John Goodman? No, we, uh, we, we it's see John r- Goodman it's right after the, uh, the handoff. Oh. Uh, because that's when we learn about Shoper Shamas. Oh, okay. <laughs> that he doesn't fucking roll on Shoper Shamas. Um, okay. Now, I haven't forgotten. 
So the theory that Donnie yes. isn't there. Okay. I'm surprised you haven't heard about this theory. I may have, but I, I don't think Ashley I brought it up it. to me after I showed her the Big Lebowski for the first time. Because mm. um, she, she was just kind of looking it up. And, uh, you know. And so essentially the theory is, is that Donnie isn't there. Because if you watch the movie, Walter's the only one talking to him. Mm-hmm. Which is false, but I'll get there in a second. Walter's the only one interacting with Donnie. The dude never seems to respond to Donnie. So the theory is that Donnie is maybe someone that um, Walter knew in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of clings to his memory. Yeah. When I first heard that, I was like, yeah, that would make sense. If the dude didn't actually talk to him, the yeah. dude does talk to Donnie. Yeah. Uh, the point, the reason why he doesn't so often, as as we mentioned, is because Donnie doesn't really pay attention. Donnie and when he attention. tries to jump into these conversations, the dude, I mean, it is a little rude just to ignore him, but the dude, rather being pulling a Walter, just doesn't acknowledge it. Yeah. Uh, but no, he does talk to Donnie like in the uh, when his car gets stolen and he's yeah. got that the mobile bag phone. Yeah, and and the dude just very very sadly walks away just to go home. Donnie's like, "Where are you going, dude? I'm going home, Donnie. Yeah, your phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie." <laughs> so, so he does acknowledge Donnie. He does acknowledge. See, Donnie. it's the same thing where I think people are just trying to make everything Fight Club because. Uh, (laughs) the Ferris Bueller theory that he's not there is fun have you heard this one? No that Cameron is imagining Ferris Bueller except the one thing that besides the numerous things that make this impossible the number one thing that makes it impossible is Genie yeah yeah so then like is uh, yeah so I don't know I think that, er, that people are just trying to make everything Fight Club. I mean... Not everything could be Fight Club. Especially when Ferris Bueller was long before Fight Club. Yeah. And technically, it should be Cameron's day off because Ferris, the whole reason he does everything is to help Cameron. Right. Not I mean, commit suicide. It's also, it should be Ferris Bueller's day on. Am I right, guys? Uh, oh. What the- right. I don't know. I heard that joke somewhere and I hated it and so I just <laughs> thought it was funny. Uh, but yeah, no. Like, I mean... It would make more sense if there wasn't any part of the movie yeah. that the dude responded. And, of course, if we didn't have the scattering of Donnie's ashes. Right, right, right. That kind of ruins it also. Even yeah. if the dude had never spoken with Donnie, I feel like it could probably still work because he's just letting, you know, Walter just deal with his... Uh, Trauma. Right. But uh, he reacts. But he's at the mortuary. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's a strange theory, but, I mean... I like it, but it's just not true. You yeah. know, I, I, it's not like you could work it into being true. So um, there are some theories that I really, really like, uh, fan theories, um, that do make sense to me and that I can't poke any holes in, at least not really. Or, you know, like um, there was that one where in the movie Seven, they're in Gotham City, right? We talked about it before on the show. Did we? Yeah, we did. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Which I don't mind because it's not hurting anything. <laughs> you know, it yeah. doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the movie. It's just the city is unnamed and that's obviously on purpose because you don't want to pigeonhole it in any one place. Um, like Gotham City? Yeah, but they were like, it's Gotham City before Batman. Like every, because you know, the, 
which seven is definitely a feature episode because oh yeah 100 because it's Dan that's why we were talking about it we've done it already sometimes i forget we've done movies before but um you know the john doe is sort of this fantastical over-the-top character that would be in a batman universe right yeah that Um, makes sense and that he's trying to teach everybody a western and uh you know he sort of got that joker energy and and this is they're saying it's before Batman gets there. It's nah. before, you know, anyway, yeah. uh, which I like. Yeah. That one doesn't hurt my enjoyment. You can't say it isn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so it would work, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, right. so, so, so I want to talk about, because I'm, I'm sure you knew this. So this movie in the Coen Brothers filmography, this movie followed Fargo. Mm. And uh, as you talked about, Fargo is... I've never seen Fargo. I have plans to see it because I love Joel and Ethan Cohen. Um, and uh, I cannot wait for the tragedy of Macbeth with Joel on his own. I wonder what he had to say to Ethan, like, yo, dog, I, I got to do this by myself. We have to break up. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers can't break up. <laughs> anyway, uh, and so they followed Fargo with this. And I think pretty quickly, too. Like, Fargo, I think, had only been out for a while. When they went into production for this. I um, I don't know if I would have done it in this order. I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. Do whatever you want. Well, but I, you know, if it were me and I had their sort of filmography trajectory, right? Uh-huh. You know, I would do drama, comedy, drama, comedy, drama, comedy. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would do comedy, comedy. comedy. Well, well, you know, this movie had a lot of, it had a lot of people had a lot of high expectations for this movie because... It was following Fargo. Fargo's so good. Um, and a lot of people were expecting it to be like Fargo. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. It wasn't meant yeah. to be Fargo. They they were like, you know, it it was meant to be its whole and a whole other thing entirely. And a lot of people were were like, so they have one good movie and one weird movie or <laughs> But as we, I hope the point that we have made this entire episode, which there's still a few things I still want to talk about. Sure. Um, is that this movie has such a big following. So initially everyone was just kind of apprehensive about it mm-hmm. because they're like, they're going to follow like a fantastic movie like that with one like this. Like why? Yeah. Um, especially like, you know, for reusing some of the same cast in Fargo, like Steve Buscemi, um, that guy, we can't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people were like, okay, so, but I want to say in only just a few years after the release of it, that's when it just skyrocketed to this cult status to, as we've talked about having its own religion. Normally that happens because of the 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 technology of home video and home viewing. Yeah. So and I think being able to watch it more than one time um, helps a lot with creating this, these cult statuses and these uh, fandoms. Yeah, because I, I don't think it was a box office bomb, but it definitely didn't... It's exactly what happened to Shawshank. Didn't do very good. I mean, it, it, it did decent. It, yeah. it did enough yeah. for the studio to be like, okay, Cohen Brothers, like, what are you doing? You get a few more of these. <laughs> you get a few more. A few more of this, and I'm going to get real angry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, but it's just so fascinating that 
when people first saw this movie that they were like, really? 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 But now everyone is just like, dude, the Big Lebowski, dog. Big Lebowski. Well, of course, not so much now as evidence as I couldn't find a shirt fucking anywhere. Um, and so I was like, no one's not necessarily heard of the Big Lebowski, but as Ashley was pointing out, it's too niche. Think it's too niche? I don't think it's too niche. Okay. I don't think it's too niche. Okay. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to bring that up that, uh, you know, they, they didn't, get, they caught a little flat for following Fargo with yeah. this movie, which I mean, you know what? It happens. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of another example where, you know, one director knocked it out of the park and then the follow up was a lot of people were like, eh, eh, I can't think of one. You know what? <laughs> Um, that one was fantastic. The other one was terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Richard Kelly is a phenomenal example of this. Um, if you've seen Donnie Darko, oh, and oh. then you saw Southland Tales, you're like, "What the fuck oh, is yeah. going Southland on?" Southland Tales is fucking <laughs> awful. What is happening right now? It's terrible. Fuck Southland Tales. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Richard Kelly has never bounced back because uh, then he because that movie's fucking awful. Well, no, and then he did The Box, which is uh, based on the short story by uh, Richard Matheson, Button Button. And it's just the the story's way too short to make a feature length. And so he's adding all this stuff in there and it doesn't make any sense and it's bad, you know? Dude. But Southland Tales is just fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I remember renting that movie with my father and because this was during the time of The Rocks. Oh. First, like. Your father. Well. Wow. Oh, which I should mention, when you and I first really became friends, you thought you called my dad Jeff Bridges. Yeah. For quite a while. Yeah. It's my dad. When he has long hair and a goatee, he looks a little bit like Jeff Bridges. Yeah, he does. Um, now he's got short hair. Boo. Uh, and a goatee. Boo, Mr. Whale. Um, Grow your hair back up. But yeah, I remember running that Southland Tales with my dad because this was during The Rock's first kind of like big rise in the movies. Like he was transitioning out of a wrestler and into a movie star. God, if only he had, you know, if only he had stuck with it and became a star, you know. <laughs> Lord knows what would have happened now. But then, like, you know, we saw, like, Mandy Moore was in it, and Justin Timberlake, and... I think Sarah Michelle Gellar? Sarah Michelle Gellar, yeah. and Sean Michael Scott, or Sean William Scott. And we were like, what is this movie? Yeah. And we rented it, and we were like... Ew. <laughs> an <laughs> allegory sucked. for the, like, second coming of Jesus Christ, and it, like, it's on the brink of nuclear war, and and Mandy Moore's actually, uh, like, a porn star, and the movie makes no fucking sense it was crazy i do kind of want to watch it again just so i could see like why because i saw it all those years ago didn't you say the arrow release of it is like it the did. director's cut or some yeah. shit fuck that i'm not let's still would never <laughs> see it dude because justin timberlake his director's our, cuts suck anyway his, well because like justin timberlake is our disembodied narrator who we fucking see he's like a century gunner on like the beach in florida or some fucking shit. Yeah. And then he has an end of the world. Like, he narrates the fucking movie, but we see him. I mean, yes, the set can be said about the movie that we just talked about. Yeah. Of Sam Elliott narrating, and we see him, but that's different. How is that different? Because it's Sam Elliott. Fine. How, is, mean, it, how is it different for uh, Goodfellas? How is it different from Casino? How is it different from Shawshank? Those, those movies were good. Okay. No offense to JT. I love JT. But that movie's fucking... Fuck Southland Tales. All right. Anyways. Uh, Damn. <laughs> um, so, 
instead of so future rain i'm gonna help you out so instead of intercutting the testimonials throughout the episode uh before we actually get to them so jeremy what is this movie like what kind of personal thing does it mean for you this movie yeah nothing (laughs) (laughs) okay then let me when was the first time you actually watched it that's a good question. I was probably in high school. Okay. Um, and I didn't get it, right? I, yeah. I, I, I think... I didn't have the appreciation for dialogue yet, and so I was like, nothing's happening. I don't know what's going on. And, and I probably wasn't paying attention like Donnie. And, <laughs> you know, and I didn't really like... It. I loved Jeff Bridges, and I loved his sort of, you know, his Demeanor, yeah. Right. But I didn't like the movie in general. And then the second time I watched it was today. So... <laughs> Are you shitting me? <laughs> no. Oh my god. So, like I said, the first time it was I, like watching it for the first time. I, you know. Well, it had been a while since I showed Ashley. So when I was watching it last night, she was like, she's like, yeah, and that's the reason why it's happening, right? I was like, well, yeah, kind of. And she's like, I'm sorry, it's just been a while. Oh, Haley does that. She'll be like, oh, is he gonna die? I go, so, not really. <laughs> you know. So what did she think about it? She didn't watch it. Oh uh, my she god. fell asleep. Oh my god. So uh, she was napping. She was nipping no. napping, and I. Uh, I just love this movie so much, man. I get um, it. I get it. I, I I do completely understand the the fandom. I get the cult following. I get to a certain extent the conventions. One of these days, I'll understand the religion. And uh, I don't think we ever will understand the religion. I don't know. Like, is it? I should have looked up if it was recognized by the by the United States and recognized Probably not. as a religion. Because you'd be surprised. It that's, could be. That's true. Um, all right, so here are some uh, some testimonials for everyone. Um, hope you enjoy them, and hopefully, Future Rain does his job correctly and puts their names at the bottom of their uh, testimonials. God, let's hope so. Yeah, I know. Hello, my name is Zach, and I just want to say a few things about reservations with Rain and Jeremy. So I've been listening since the beginning, and I have to say that these guys have covered a ton of movies. Anything from The House That Jack Built to A Clockwork Orange to Hereditary, one of the great horror films of our time, to David Lowry's beautiful ghost story, to Goofy, a Goofy movie. Uh, But my personal favorite has been their episode covering Inside Lewin Davis. They do such a fantastic job working through the movie, dissecting some very powerful and beautiful scenes, talking through some amazing performances. But another reason that I really enjoyed this episode is because you can feel their passion for what they're doing. I mean, these guys love movies and how they impact us. And that's what Reservations is at its core. It's a show hosted by Rain and Jeremy, two amazing human beings that take us on a journey from film to film, challenging us to let our imagination go challenging us to feel the story with them, to cry with them, to laugh with them. And so I have enjoyed listening to their show and watching it the last couple of years, and it's certainly had an impact on how I watch movies. So check out Reservations. Like I said, they've done a ton of movies, and so anyone out there could find an episode that is appealing to them. So give them a listen, and I promise that... By the end of the episode, Rain and Jeremy won't just feel like hosts. They will certainly feel like friends. Ugh. 
Hey dudes, first of all, I want to say uh, congratulations on 100 episodes. That's amazing. It's a landmark for any sort of podcast. Uh, but The Big Lebowski, great movie, uh, amazing quotes. I love the main character, very cool, very chilled, you know, an aspiration to many. I guess that's why there's a whole uh, cult and like basically a religion around the whole dude. A uh, very quotable movie, I would say. More so than, than many others. Probably the most out of the Coens, definitely. Uh, but, you know, that's just, like, my opinion, man. Um, but I've, I've probably seen the movie. I know it's a big favorite of Reigns. I've probably seen it a few dozen times myself. Uh, oh, and check this out. Uh, I got a nice... Marmot. Anyway. Well. Congratulations, you guys. Very proud of you guys. Keep it up. Maybe I'll be in some more in the next hundred. Here's the open. See ya. Wow. What? Wow. 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 People care. I know. And not only do people care uh, and take the time out, you know, to, to make us a video, even though we asked them to. Um... <laughs> <laughs> is I you know I'm glad that we have friends that actually do listen yeah. uh, Kale excluded um, well wait I think we have a special announcement from Kale nah Kale didn't send one there's no way Future Rain played that right now hey guys well, first I'd like to commend you for having the bravery to ask me for a video congratulating you on your 100th episode but as I've said before, I'm far too busy to even be on the show, much less make a video for you. So, cheers. What? What the fuck was that? <laughs> Nicest thing he's ever said to me. So, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the best we can do. Um, <laughs> Holy shit, that's my favorite one. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yes, I love how he just completely disregarded the assignment. Well, to be fair... I didn't really give him an assignment. You I just told him to make a video? Actually, I did tell him because he tells me all the time. That's a bit that we have going on. That I'm like, hey, speaking of the podcast, because I'm too busy. You know? And and so I was like, just make me a video saying you're too busy to make me a video. <laughs> oh, God. And I liked that he was drinking and was also shirtless. That was, um, yeah. it's classic Kale. Kale hates wearing shirts. So. Uh, yeah. Well, so Jeremy, are you ready to... Wrap up, wrap up, wrap up. I am. You know, a hundred. A hundred episodes, 100 man. episodes, man. It's pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty stoked here's about to it. The, here's to the next 100. Yeah, let's, let's you know what? Let's do a hundred more. You want to do a hundred more? A hundred more. Okay, let's do a hundred more. Just like Rick and Morty, we got approved for a hundred more episodes. Yeah, we got approved for a hundred more episodes from, mean, the, from the top. That means uh, uh, seasons might be shorter, might be longer. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Nah. You know, we... <laughs> um, we but, so Jeremy. Yes, sir. Um, what are we talking about next week? What are we talking about next week? That's a good question. Because I already know. And we both know. know. Uh, but they don't know. They don't know. We've already recorded the episode. So this is sort of like, you know, I didn't want to pretend we haven't talked about it yet. Because I feel like that's disingenuous. We've already talked about it. We've already recorded it. So it's in the pipeline. But next week, uh, we are talking about Dark City. Yeah, man. 
uh, and it was fun. It was fun to do the episode, and uh, normally we don't do them out of order like this, but no. But this this one was special, and we had to do it. We had to make sure we were doing this one right. Yeah, and uh, I feel like we did. We did all right. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, we should start drinking more. I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you might start drinking more. I mean, you can. I bought a twenty three bottle. $23 bottle of vodka, so... Vodka? Just for this episode. Well, okay. But. Well, then I guess I'll drink White Russians in every episode <laughs> until we're out of it. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for sticking with us uh, for 100 episodes. Yeah. Uh, get a little sappy here, but thanks for sticking with us. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I would say without the listeners, this wouldn't be possible, but that's not true. Yeah, uh, we're we not, don't get paid for this either. No, we don't. And so we're not, you know, we're not dependent on... You know, ad revenues and listener numbers or whatever. But, but I am appreciative. Yeah, but to the few people who do listen and you know maybe share us around, thank you so much. To people who don't, please start doing that for the love of God. Just please. Yeah, guys, I we mean, crave attention. I do like attention. You know, as much as I pretend I don't, I'm lying. I like it, <laughs> and you know, I like, I like it when people can say, "Oh, that guy knows his movies." You know, that guy knows that, what he's talking about. That guy knows his shit. Yeah. That's probably my ultimate goal in life is for people just to be like, that guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, again, thanks to everyone for sticking with us for 100 episodes. Um, we're going to do more. Yeah. Uh, we're not. This isn't. This isn't the farewell. This is, hey, buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up. Um, but we hope you enjoyed The Big Lebowski. And we'll see you next week for Dark City.